Welcome back to the New Wave Nerds. I'm your host, Brennan Sem. This week, we've got a few stories coming at you about, about some, uh, some upcoming movies and some pretty fun news. So let's just hop right in. Um, the first story, the top story of this week has to be the recent announcement uh, that we're going to be getting some more Lord of the Rings films. We, we, we sort of we could have sort of assumed this was going to happen based off of the fact that that, um, you know, they did the, the Rings of Power TV show. But it isn't exactly happening happening in the way that I necessarily expected it to. Um, I had assumed that if we were going to see more Lord of the Rings movies, it was going to stem from Amazon, right? Because they, that was obviously the big news uh, when they bought the rights to the, uh, I, I think it's actually just, I think Dad said it's just the stuff from the appendices of the books, but it's uh, the stuff that's set in the Second Age. Um, and so following the Rings of Power show, granted it got some somewhat mixed reviews, but I still brought in... I think a bunch of extra subscribers, they said. So uh, I had assumed that the next thing we were going to see was that. But actually, New Line Cinema and, a, and a, the Embracer Group, uh, the em- Embracer Group you will note, is the uh, the studio that just bought the rights to a bunch of Lord of the Rings games recently. They're going to be working together to create some more movies set specifically in the Third Age. Uh, so this is basically from the time that is before The Hobbit up until the end of Return of the King. But this is pretty exciting. I'm pretty excited. David Vaslov, or Zaslov, excuse me, the CEO of Warner Brothers has said that they're going to be making multiple films and they're focusing more on franchise content. You know, they're essentially circling the wagons around familiar IPs, right? With the the focus on DC and now the return to Lord of the Rings, an obvious moneymaker. People are going to tune in even if it's bad. I mean, look at the Rings of Power. (laughs) Um, Not that I think it's bad because I haven't seen it, but, you know, mixed reviews, like I said. It's going to be a moneymaker no matter what. So they're circling the wagon around these franchises. Uh, I think they're even talking about making some more Harry Potter movies after the the Fantastic Beasts ones, of course, because evidently that's going on for another, like, eight sequels. <laughs> but let's see. So, yeah, this is, uh, like I said, this is going to focus on... Uh, Warner Brothers only has the rights to the, the Third Age stuff, which is going to be a little bit awkward because naturally all of the obvious stories that the casual viewer would likely be interested in have mostly been covered right in the in the original trilogy and even in 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 the hobbit trilogy which was let's i'm gonna say a little lackluster (laughs) a little lackluster of an ending but apart from that there's not much uh obviously I've, i've got some picks uh and there's quite a few that i'm pretty i would i would like to see so there's there's obviously options it's just that Many of the the choices for possible stories are going to be more along the lines of like, I would imagine things, other storylines that the casual viewer might not necessarily care as much about. So there might still be some issues, uh, you know, bringing in some new people and, and drumming up some excitement for those. Like I said, obviously, I mean, there's going to be excitement. It's, it's a new Lord of the Rings project, right? You know, I mean, people are going to tune in no matter what, but the level of excitement, I think might be a little lackluster compared to what you would expect. And also, it's it's a little weird having two separate companies <laughs> producing these, uh, you know, 
stories in the, in the same universe? Are they communicating? You know, because like, what if, what if something in uh, the Rings of Power retcons something that would happen in this new movie, or vice versa? You know, like what if they change, if they make stories that have conflicting things, that's just going to irk me to no end. <laughs> so I, I would, I'm a little worried that there's just going to be weird issues. I mean, granted, you know, the, the connections between these two storylines is, isn't that great. You know, I mean, they're separated by thousands of years or hundreds of years, whatever, you know, unless of course they went with like a story in the third age that is just, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, oh, also, I forgot to mention that this is a different studio than that which is producing the uh, that anime, The War of the Rokurim, which I'm super excited about. <laughs> I think that's going to be awesome. Um, but it is different. So now we have three separate studios. So I, I don't know if they're all going, like, how how much communication is going to be going on there? You know, like, what what is going to be happening here? Is there going to be some... It, some issues? Am I going to have to, am I going to spaz out? <laughs> you know what I mean? Am I going to be upset? Uh, because that's not necessarily what I want. Like, I think, I don't know. I don't understand totally why Amazon didn't buy the rights to the whole shebang. <laughs> you know, like, I understand that that would have been a ridiculous amount of money. And I know that they spent a lot on the rights for the, um, the appendices there. But nonetheless, I would think if I were going to do it, I would want to buy the whole the whole package, right? Because then you know you can do whatever you want. You know, there's there's a lot um, a lot more leeway, I suppose, in, in telling stories. Because now, if they're separated, they have to be confined to the stuff that's directly related to that. Whereas if if they were all interconnected, then there could be some some musings. You know, there could be some some little Easter eggs for the people like me who are like the lore fanatics who are going to, you know, look at everything <laughs> and try to piece together all the connections, right? Um, another issue that I, I guess is is pretty probable that we're going to have is just um, the fact that there is not a lot of established storylines, right? You know, because you think the comparisons for... Um, the other major franchises in the space, right? You've got the MCU, the DCU, and even Star Wars. Uh, they all have an established... Maybe not... Star Wars doesn't fit into this very well. But the MCU and the DCU, they have this massive like cachet of... of am I using that word right? <laughs> A cache. I think if it's pronounced cachet, it means something different. I don't know. Regardless, what was I saying? They have this this massive, I'm just going to say an amount. They have this massive amount of stories and, and various comics, you know, to base those stories on. They have a massive collection of already established lore within the universe. Whereas, as expansive as The Lord of the Rings is, it's... N it's not as, you know, <laughs> set as as the as the Marvel comics are, right? I mean, most the world of the Lord of the Rings is expansive in that it covers a lot. It's very wide, but it is not very deep at all. Whereas 
because, you know, Marvel has been going for like 80 years, I think. Yeah, 80 years because they started in like the 40s or the late 90s. Um, they have a catalog that is very wide and very deep, right? So there's it's going to be a difference. Most of the stories for these movies are going to be completely original. So you don't have that, you know, incredible source material to lean on like you did with the original trilogy and with The Hobbit. Um, and even kind of to an extent for the rings of power <laughs> you, you know i mean not really but there's at least something there where as in theory a lot of the movies that they're going to be taking uh moving forward are, are going to be mostly original just based off of a single notion that is iterated one time uh at some point in the book which is you know i'm gonna when we get to my picks <laughs> that's gonna that's what a lot of these are gonna be so uh, i guess you know it's not there's there's a, a massive potential and I think it's going to be really awesome, and we're getting new Lord of the Rings games too. Obviously, the Hobbit or not the Hobbit, the Gollum game, which I think just got delayed again. But you know they've got the rights to other games, so I think there's a possibility that this could be a, this could become a huge franchise. I just think it's going to be, <laughs> it's the scale that it's it's going to, it's just not. See, because Marvel and DC have, you know, almost a century's worth of stories to lean on, in theory, it could be going, just continue going for the next 20 years and not have to write an, an original story ever, <laughs> you know? And it, it and it all mostly works, right? I mean, obviously, all, slight alterations, but it's just not going to be the same. So I think the... Uh, the run of this Lord of the Rings franchise is not gonna, it's not gonna stand the test of time. But I've waffled for long enough, I think. Um, so here are some of my picks for potential movies or, or series, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they could do series as well. Uh, some of these would definitely be better as a series, you know, if I'm being honest, but nonetheless, I want to see it. Um, so these are not really in any particular order except for the last one, which I saved for the last because I think it's the one I'm most excited for. But this is the first one I thought of, and I think it's the most obvious, is the adventures of Gimli and Legolas after the fall of Sauron, right? Because we know from the books that they just traveled together for, I don't even know, I don't even remember how long, right? And uh, Gimli eventually became the lord of the... Um, was it Glittering Caverns by, um, is that by Helm's Deep? Man, I got to read those books again. It's been so long. They're so good. I've been putting it off because uh, I know as soon as I start to read the original trilogy, I'm going to read, I'm going to want to read all the other <laughs> like uh, meta books, you know, books on, on how they were written and, and all the uh, like the Baron and Luthien and the Silmarillion and stuff that, cause dad just has a, a massive collection. <laughs> it's right at my fingertips. So I know I'm going to want to read it all, but, um, we know that obviously they hung out together for a long time and eventually they all, uh, sailed, sailed off, sailed West to the, is it called the undying lands? I don't know, but where Frodo and the elves are. We, so there's obviously, a, a, a quite a length of time, you know, where they could get up to some pretty good shenanigans. But then the issue with that is, I don't know if, like, you know, John Reese davies and Orlando Bloom are, or maybe Orlando Bloom would, but I don't know if they're going to be up to it, you know? And I think if it's a different, if it's different people, it's just going to be weird. So that sort of slightly puts a, a nail in that 
I don't know. Yeah, actually, now that I say that, I think if it's not John Reese davies and Orlando Bloom, it's going to be weird because they had just such good chemistry, <laughs> you know, and, and they played their roles perfectly. Um, man, you ever see those uh, <laughs> those memes a lot about how, like, Frodo and Legolas spoke, like, once in the whole trilogy? Uh, the Like, the last time Legolas speaks directly to Frodo is at the formation of the Fellowship, and then he just doesn't say a single word to him after that. Oh, those make me laugh every time. There's also a really good video. It's, like, 80 hours long, but it's... Uh, fellowship of the ring or maybe it's the whole trilogy but every time sam takes another step (laughs) it repeats that that line where he's like this is the farthest i've ever been from home (laughs) man those are so funny but gimli and legolas you know the dynamic duo themselves that could be pretty fun i don't know like i'm sure they already have some established adventures that they got on but in, in like the appendices or, or various other texts or, or wherever. Um, and I'm just not remembering. So I don't really necessarily know what they would get up to. <laughs> Obviously, there's a huge... They could... I don't know. That's tough. That's kind of tough. But that would be fun. That's one that I think might be better as like a TV series, though. You know, because then you could do... It could be like a Monster of the Week kind of thing. Uh, where Gimli and Legolas are just up up to no good. <laughs> just traveling around the 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 world and the like um and also you know you could have some inter- obviously bring in aragorn a little bit uh vigo mortensen he's the king you know i mean he his he was king for like i don't know how long so they definitely went back and saw him and you know i'm sure they they went back to the the misty mountain you know i would love to see more dwarves in general uh i think it sucks that we don't really get any dwarves because they're the coolest. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's probably enough on that. I can't think of anything else to say. Uh, so the next uh, idea I had, uh, obviously, young Aragorn, right? You know, I mean, Aragorn had a whole... He was, what, 80 in the Fellowship? You know, he was obviously up to shenanigans. He was, he was up to no good as a ranger. And I think that's an obvious... Um, an obvious choice, you know, plus everybody loves Aragorn. That would be pretty interesting. You know, you get to see a little bit more of how he formed his relationship with the elves, you know, because you don't really get a lot of that. You know, you, you get a few flashbacks here and there, but you're just sort of supposed to take for granted that <laughs> that uh, Aragorn is homies with the elves, right? So that would be interesting. Get to see a little bit of, of uh, Aragorn and Arwen, get to see a little bit more of that relationship. Because that would make the whole trilogy, you know, a little bit more heartfelt if you could build up that relationship a little bit more. That'd be pretty cool. Then, obviously, the next clear choice is the reign of Aragorn, right? I mean, like I said earlier, he reigned, he was king for a while. I want to say like 120 years or something pretty crazy. So, uh, and, you know, we know at least some of what he gets up to. You know, he obviously reestablishes uh, um, Orthanc. After after the fall of Saruman, and then he we, he reestablishes the the kingdom of Arnor up to the north. Uh, he brings he, you know obviously he cleans up the uh, the rest of Sauron's army. Um, so he brings some of the Easterlings in. I know he he gets some of them in line. I don't know. I mean you know obviously <laughs> Aragorn's reign was mostly peaceful, right? So in theory, there's not too many stories. But I, you know, that's a a lot of events that I just said. <laughs> you know, there's a lot, a lot that could be done there. 
you know, I think it'd be pretty cool. Again, that's another situation, though, where if it's not Vigo Mortensen, it's going to be awkward. And I don't know how old he is. I don't know if he's even still acting, you know. I don't even know if he would want to. I'm going to look up how... Because I feel like he was 40 during the original trilogy. Born in 1958. So he's 60. Is my math good? Yeah, about. (laughs) Um, Oh, I just saw a picture of him now. He does look a little bit old. So he probably wouldn't be into it. But... Again, uh, with if it's not him, I think it's going to be another situation where it's a little bit awkward, just because it's such an iconic role, <laughs> you know. But obviously, you know, they'll do what they will. Um, I'm sure it'll still be good, even if they did it, because it's a an interesting story. The next possibility that I would like to see is Erebor's role in the War of the Ring. I mentioned earlier I would love to see dwarves in any capacity whatsoever, and while we know that obviously the dwarves you know, didn't play a part in the, um, in the, the, I can't remember what the actual last battle is called, but on, at the fields there, (laughs) you know, at the end, that was all the armies of men. But what we do know, they, it's not like they were just, you know, ignoring, (laughs) you know, it's like they were just sitting in their, in their mountain and just chilling, right? You know, they were actively fighting the armies of Sauron as well, because when, um, Sauron sent his Nazgul, the, uh, what are they called? Ring wraiths. There we go. When he sent them to the dwarves to find more about Baggins, um, that after they <laughs> learned that name from Gollum, we know that Dane, King Dane, uh, who you'll remember from the end of The Hobbit, and uh, the leader of Dale, whose name I don't remember, we know that they refused them. And uh, that obviously angered Sauron. And so he marched his own assault on the 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 armies of of um what's it called Erebor and Dale you know uh and this this was led mostly by Easterlings I believe so not even you know Orc or Urukai you know it was mostly the Eastern men versus the Western men and and the dwarves I think that would be interesting but like I said you know I'm biased because I think I just want to see more dwarves but I think that's it's an easy way to sort of get around the um, the issue I discussed earlier about having not all that many stories established. It sort of gets around that and further widens the world out, right? Because one thing about the about the the trilogy there is that ultimately it is a little difficult to really understand the scope of what's going on there, right? Because you only see, you know, I mean it's obviously focused on the fellowship. So you only see this narrow view of what's going on. But it it truly was, you know, this massive conflict that spanned Middle Earth. And so I think, you know, um, discussing that in a movie centered on the dwarves role would accomplish not only, you know, (laughs) uh, an incredible movie filled with dwarves, but also further widens out the world. So you get the full scope of the issue that we're dealing with, right? Um, the next possibility for may- a possible series, but maybe just like a, 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 a movie, maybe even a musical. That would be interesting. A story about Tom Bombadil. <laughs> uh, a huge fan favorite. Um, I think he was Tolkien's favorite character, but ultimately got cut from the movie. 
uh, from the original trilogy, which I think is is probably for the best. <laughs> Those movies are already long, and while I th- I think the interaction that Frodo and 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 Sam have with um and the other hobbits too, I suppose Merry and Pippin, they were there. The the interaction they have with Tom Bombadil sort of adds a little bit a little bit more mystery to the universe. It ultimately doesn't necessarily serve any purpose <laughs> in the in the broader story. So I think it was a good choice to cut it <laughs> from the movie. Plus it would have been a little bit weird because it happened super early and it's all a little a little iffy and doesn't really it, it, it doesn't exactly mesh with the tone of the rest of the movie. But I still think it would be interesting to to see him in his own right. That would be entertaining to say the least. Because that's a character that's you know so many people have speculated about what he is his origin i mean you know he has i think he even claimed that he was the first being on on middle earth uh which is interesting uh we know that he is um immune to the corruption of the one ring uh which is fascinating there have been a lot of theories i think i actually watched a video with my dad on it once about how tom bombadil is like god (laughs) like the the physical manifestation of god which is an interesting theory which is not one that i think they would expand upon (laughs) and frankly i don't think tom bombadil is ever going to get his his uh rightful screen time (laughs) you know i think uh i think ultimately he's just gonna go the way the dodo which i think is fair as much as it would be entertaining to see i understand not wanting to do anything from him so you know whatever it is what it is um i think tolkien would be happy to see him in his own right but whatever uh the next possibility this is one that i'm not necessarily excited about because i know literally nothing about but i read something on it the last time i watched the trilogy and it seemed pretty interesting to me so it's it was the events surrounding the forest of Lothlorien um, throughout the Third Age. Now, obviously, as we see them in the original trilogy, uh, Galadriel and Celebor are just sort of chilling. <laughs> you know, it's obvi- it's the Age of Men, right? Uh, so they're not necessarily involved. But we know that early on, they um, were definitely involved with some, some uh, confrontations with the Necromancer, and uh, so there's some, you know, stuff going on with the Balrog, you know, I think there's possibilities of stories there. Like I said, I don't really know anything about it. I just read an internet post about it like a year and a half ago. And for some reason, I, I it stuck in my brain. Um, I don't know. I'm not particularly interested in the elves. I'm not going to lie. I know that's that's sort of a, a hot take, um, but I really don't care. I think, I think the stories of the dwarves, uh, just because I'm biased, I like dwarves, but I think the stories of, of really the men are much more fascinating obviously because that's what we have a lot built upon. Um, and I think the, the elves are just overhyped. You know, they kind of suck. You know, in a lot of cases, they're just terrible people, frankly. They're rude uh, for no reason. Uh, I'm mostly, I guess I'm mostly thinking of, of the wood elves. Is that what they're called? Wood elves? I don't know. But Legolas is elves, uh, and especially his dad, you know, King Thranduil. That guy sucked. Uh, but again, maybe I just feel like that because he was mean to dwarves. And to be fair, man, I, I haven't seen those movies in a while. I can't remember if I if I think the Elfin King's grievances with the dwarves is reasonable. I know it has something to do with like jewels, 
but I can't remember if I felt like it was like a reasonable uh, issue to have or if I was like, all right, shut up, dog. <laughs> like, you'll just, you know, handle it a different way. I can't, re- I can't remember. So that's my bad. But uh, yeah, I'm just not a huge fan of the elves. But I think that's also partly just because I think I, I'm like 12% contrarian. <laughs> you know, like, I don't think I'm contrarian on a lot of things, but yeah, everybody likes the elves and I just am not interested in them. So maybe that that's partially a little bit of my contrarian nature showing, but I mean, I don't think I'm particularly like that. You know, I feel like most of my opinions are based off of actual grievances I have and not just, you know, everybody else likes this. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Um, but the final idea I had, and this is the one that I'm most interested in, um, is Saruman's fall from grace. You know, who doesn't love a good corruption story? You know, I think it would be just so fascinating because at some point, Saruman was was definitely a good guy. You know, he was definitely doing the right thing. Um, but then so slowly greed overcame him right i think it's a it's an inherently human story despite the fact that he's a wizard you know and therefore not human but i think it would be interesting plus if i remember correctly in the movie it always felt to me more like saruman served sauron whereas in the book it's much more clear that like saruman is serving himself He's just utilizing Sauron to achieve his goals. Um, and so that was always one issue I had with the movies, is that it, I, I felt like Saruman didn't necessarily get the quite the proper treatment, you know? I don't know. It, it just it felt a little disingenuous to me, because Saruman is not a servant. You know, he's he's got this massive ego, right? I don't think he would serve anyone, and so... And maybe I'm misremembering this, and maybe I'm just... I Like I said, it has been a year and a half since I last saw the trilogy, but I feel like in the movies, it was much less... It was much less obvious, at least, that Sauron was serving his own goals through Sauron. It seemed to me from the movies that he was subservient, and I don't think that's in his nature, right? Um... And, it's, and obviously, we know from the books that it's not exactly <laughs> who he is. So I think that would be pretty interesting, you know. Also, I, I think I'm fascinated with the wizards. Oh, speaking of wizards, I just thought of this. I can't believe I didn't remember this earlier. They could do a story about the blue wizards, you know. I mean, we have no official confirmation as to what they did throughout the whole Third Age. They're, I know at one point... It was that they were fighting the good fight, um, and they were, I think, gathering the the men of the east to fight Sauron's army in the east. But then, also, I remember hearing that uh, that likely can't have happened because they weren't allowed to um, to to return home with with Gandalf. You know they hadn't fulfilled their duties. That's why Gandalf is the only one there is because he's the only one who stuck true to his purpose, right? And for there's lots of speculation that instead they just like started a cult. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, I think it would be interesting to see. But yeah, if I had to pick a wizard story, I would much obviously prefer a story about Saruman just because 
man, he's cool. And I think, yeah, I, like I said, I do think he got done dirty. You know, I think ultimately the, the, the image, the visage, not the visage, <laughs> the portrayal that we get of him in Two Towers doesn't necessarily feel like the scheming man that we got in the book. And so therefore, I think his character in the movies feels a little bit more shallow. But that's just me. But regardless, you know, there's obviously lots of possibilities uh, for the way that they're doing this. And since they've talked about how they want it to be more uh, of a franchise, hopefully we'll get to see all of them. <laughs> um, but moving on, the next big news story of the week is the announcement of a new Hellboy movie. Yes. So exciting. This one is titled Hellboy the Crooked Man. <laughs> and it is being uh, produced by Millennium Media, uh, who also own the rights and are reportedly going to start filming a Red Sonia film. So that'd be interesting. But Hellboy and the Crooked Man is based off of a popular comic of the same name. Uh, I think it was a three issue run. And I have to be honest, as much as I love Hellboy, uh, I am not that far along in, in his, his, uh, oh, in his chronology, you know, I, I'm only two volumes in, and I think, I don't know what volume The Crooked Man would be in, but I know that that didn't get released until like 2009 at the same time as um, uh, Hellboy 2 and the Golden Army. So I guess I don't know when Hellboy originally originally started, <laughs> you know, now that I say that. I felt like it started in the 80s. Oh, here we go, 93. So yeah, I suppose ultimately it is a, a new, a newer story. So maybe it's, it's probably likely in one of the later issues. So I probably won't even get to it in time. But nonetheless, um, the film is being directed by Brian Taylor. Notably, Brian Taylor directed a movie called Crank, and also its sequel starring Jason Statham. Uh, wow, I forgot Jason Statham existed. I feel like he hasn't done that much stuff lately. Interesting. Uh, I guess the last thing I saw him in would have been Fast and the Furious. Man, which Fast and Furious? Was that Seven that he was in? I don't know. Not important. <laughs> um, I, I haven't seen those movies. Um, but the other film <laughs> that Brian Taylor has directed that I do know is Ghost Rider 2 Spirit of Vengeance. Now, longtime listeners of the show will likely know how I feel about that movie. <laughs> um, it's uh, a flaming hot bag of dog poop. Um, it is absolutely horrible. It not only is it just a bad movie, it resets or it it reverts. Uh, uh, what's his name? Nicholas Cage, uh, Johnny Blaze to the state that he was, the same state he was in the beginning of the first movie, right? You know, at the end of the second movie, he was like, I'm going to work with it. <laughs> you know, and everything's going to be okay. I'm going to learn how to use it. And then with no, you know, preamble whatsoever, the second movie instantly starts and he already, you know, has no idea what's going on, you know? Um, so the movie's just terrible. And I didn't, to be fair, you know, I don't even like the first one. I think it's it's not exactly a hot take to say that <laughs> that Ghost Rider two was arguably one of the worst superhero me one of the worst comic book movies of all time. Man, I can't. I seriously can't think of one that I would put beneath it. I mean, even like X Men Last Stand is better than Ghost Rider two. You know, and X Men Last Stand is bad. 
is bad. It's not. I guess that's not a fair comparison because Last Stand isn't like horrible, you know, but I don't know. Regardless, I'm sure there's a movie that's probably worse than it that I just can't remember, but that's not the point. (laughs) That doesn't exactly fill me with a lot of confidence uh, in this movie. But on the opposite end of that, we know that uh, writing the script is going to be Mike Mignola, you know, the, the comic book author himself. You know, and and that's, I'm so excited for that. Uh, Obviously, I love the comic series. It's so good. Jeez, absolutely incredible. And I mean, this is the first Hellboy movie that he's taken part in. So I'm hoping that means we're going to get a much more comic accurate Hellboy. I think that'll be pretty interesting. Um, And a much more comic accurate representation of the... um, I always get the order in the acronym wrong. Is it the BPRD, Bureau of Paranormal Research and Development? I think that's right. I don't know. That group of people. Um, and obviously with this, they've also, they've announced that this is going to be the, um, the first of a series of movies. Uh, so hopefully that means, uh, you know, everybody's trying to make franchises. Um, for better or for worse, <laughs> everybody's trying to capitalize on that uh, aspect. And... Um, I think that could be interesting. You know, obviously, there's a pretty expansive amount of comics for for various other characters in this universe. I mean, Abe Sapien has his own run. The B, the oh my god, BPRD. Uh, yeah, the BPRD. They've got their own comic series. I think they have like three different lines. And then obviously, oh geez, Thelonious Monk. No, that's a jazz artist, isn't it? <laughs> wait a minute um oh geez <laughs> Thelonious monk man i can't figure out what i thought what i was there's like a monkey i thought he had his own or maybe it's an ape oh man i'm gonna feel bad but i know that i thought he had his own run i'm looking it up and i can't find it right now but man i was so certain but I'm, yeah, I'm looking at the list of, of uh, spin-off comics in the Hellboy universe. I mean, obviously, like I said, Abe Sapien, Lobster Johnson, uh, never read that, but wow, that sounds like an incredible, <laughs> an incredible, an incredible character. I got to look up a picture of that guy real quick. What's his name? Lobster Johnson? Um, oh, he's not a real lobster. Oh, man, <laughs> I, was, I was hoping he was an actual lobster. Oh, is he in in Hellboy 2019 with David Harper? I didn't realize that. I haven't seen that movie. I heard it was absolutely god-awful, and so I've avoided it <laughs> up until now. But obviously, yeah, like I said, the BPRD, they've got a couple runs, it looks like. Sir Edward Grey, Witchfinder. Oh, The Adventures of a Cult Detective and Agent for Queen Victoria. If that isn't made, I'm going to be so sad. Uh, let's see, what do we got? Frankenstein Underground. Interesting. Hmm. I don't know how that one shakes out if, if, because obviously it's, it's, you know, technically a different character than the Frankenstein from the original Frankenstein tale, but I don't know if they, if they would have, hmm, interesting if they could, they have the rights to do that. Koshche the Deathless. Wow. I've, yeah, I've never heard that. I got to read more. This is interesting. Uh, there's so many so many options. I mean, the British Paranormal Society, obviously a story on, on Rasputin. You know, there's there's ample, uh, ample sources for, for 
a, a, a burgeoning, <laughs> let's say, a burgeoning franchise. And the fact that Mike Mignola is involved in it leads me to believe that this is at least going to be pretty good. You know, if not a phenomenal movie, it'll at least have a, a fun story that's maybe even comic accurate. So that'd be pretty cool. Also worth noting, writing with Mike Mignola is Chris Golden, who has written three canon novels in the universe. Uh, so clearly somebody who knows the character well, which is good. Uh, like I said, I think that means we're in good hands as far as the actual story goes. But we'll see, you know, <laughs> things can change. We're, it's, it's super early in development. But a little bit of backstory on the comic that is the basis for this film, The Crooked Man. So like I said, it was a three-issue run. And the ba- like I said, I haven't read it. So this is a, just a basic blurb <laughs> that I've gotten. Um, Hellboy and a, a couple of, of rookies in the BPRD somehow get stranded in 1950s rural Appalachia, wherein they find a community of witches led by a local devil uh, connected to Hellboy's past. So that's uh, an interesting story. There's time travel. <laughs> you guys know how I feel about time travel. But, you know, this time travel, uh, in theory at least, isn't this quite the same as the time travel that we saw in like Endgame. Because it's not like an event happened and they're going back in time to change the event. I don't know. We'll see. I've, to, I've got to read the comics. Uh, I'm going to try and get along, but that's a lot of money. <laughs> But the crooked man himself is described as an 18th century miser and war profiteer named Jeremiah Whitkins, who was hanged for his crimes and yet returned from hell as the region's resident devil. Sounds like a lovely character. Uh, I'm sure he is just a bundle of joy. I hope that they don't make him just like a caricature, though. I hope that this character has depth, you know? It's not just a, a one, like, his only, as, like, uh, personality trait is that he likes money. You know, I hope there's more to him than that. I mean, you know, it's going to be, when you describe a, a character like that, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard uh, to make them have a sort of backstory that makes you kind of identify with them a little bit. Because those are always the best villains, the ones that you can, like, identify with just a little bit. You know, not too much, because then... You know, they sort of steal the show away a little bit. But you want to identify with them just a little bit because then they have that certain level of humanity that adds stakes to the conflict. Um, but that's hard to do when uh, you sound like just a greedy jerk, <laughs> you know. So that'll be interesting. Uh, I'm super excited to see. Obviously, it's super early on, uh, so we don't have much information. They haven't even, I think, announced who's going to be playing Hellboy, though. Allegedly, it's not going to be David Harbour since it's a full-on reboot. I know that Rob, uh, Ron Perlman said that even though he thinks he's too old to do it, he would come back. And I'm just like, Ron, just nobody wants you, dude. You are incredible. But you are like, you know, a bad, one bad day from, from keeling over, dude. Just relax a little bit. You know, you don't have to be doing a crazy action role wherein you literally play you know, demon spawn, <laughs> like, just chill, it's all right. That being said, though, uh, they are supposed to begin filming in April in Bulgaria, and reportedly things are moving uh, as as planned, you know, things are on schedule, so that's exciting. 
Hopefully we'll get this within a couple of years and hopefully it's not garbage. So we get to see some stuff. I would like to see an Abe Sapien show. You know, I really like Abe Sapien. Roger the homunculus. He's not a monkey. Um, yeah, I was thinking of Roger the homunculus. Now, a homunculus is not a monkey. Um, but when I was a kid, I was certain that it was. I thought he was an ape of some sort. And so that's what I was thinking of. But that would be interesting. Uh, and him and his interactions with uh, Hellboy's love interest. Oh, geez. I can't remember anybody's names. Elizabeth? Is it Elizabeth? Liz Sherman. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Hmm, that's interesting. Oh, that would be an interesting an interesting story. His origin is, is cool in the comics where he, like, essentially steals the fire from her. Hmm. But anyways, there's obviously quite a few possibilities. You know, a comic series that's been going for the better part of 30 years. Oh, almost exactly 30 years. Wow. You know, they're going to have plenty of stories. And like I said, with Mike Mignola at the helm... Uh, hopefully it's going to be a good story and it's going to be accurate and it'll be everything we've ever hoped for. <laughs> well, I think that'll, that'll, uh, that wraps us up for this week. That's the, uh, all the stories we've got as always, you know, share the podcast. That's the main thing. Uh, word of mouth. That's the only way we've ever <laughs> gotten any new viewers. We will be back next week, hopefully with an Ant-Man. Actually, I'm not going to say that because that's what I said last week. <laughs> and, um, you know, if I say it, it's probably never going to happen. So we will be back next week with a- another episode of some sort. <laughs> I hope you all have a wonderful uh, rest of your day.